welcome everyone to the podcast where we explain people and today we're going to talk about our fellow human beings and how we're always trying to fix each other. I'm Master Life Coach Kim Giles and I have Sarah Henderson with me today to talk about fixing each other. Sarah, you excited about this one? I'm excited about this one and I think it's because it applies to me a little bit as an octagon. I definitely try to fix things. I always kind of see the wrong in everything and offer my unsolicited advice often. So this but would be a really that, good thing. Your heart's in the right place. It's true. Just trying to help. <laughs> you just trying to help. But everybody doesn't see it that way, do they? No, you have to be really careful. Some, some people will, but others are very offended by your offer for help. Okay. So I wanted to throw in the shapes that are most likely to focus on watching other people and seeing what's wrong and, and trying to help other people, which actually comes across as trying to fix them. Hmm. So okay. you, you will notice most of them are fear of loss dominant shapes, but we've got at least one that isn't. Octagons, obviously your shape. Diamonds, Actually, we see this a lot in rhombuses, stars, and triangles. Really? And, and the triangle or the star is not a fear of lost dominant shape, but we do see some stars go there. And then everybody on the ideas line, squares, rectangles, and crosses all really like to notice what's wrong with other people and bring it up and try to help you fix it. <laughs> Can yeah. you see that in all of those? Yes. Oh, I can see that in all of those. Definitely the square because the square is sometimes we talk about the square being a teacher, right? They like to teach and, and show the right way, a little bit of an instruction. And that could definitely come across as fixing. Oh yeah, for sure. Teaching is, is often, especially if they didn't ask to be taught what you're mm -hmm. teaching, right? And rectangles, they can kind of be know-it-alls. And so just because they are very knowledgeable and they usually do know what they're talking about, but they will sometimes offer all of that when it's not welcomed also. Yeah. So we're talking about the rectangles are usually fear of failure and stars are usually fear of failure, but this trait of fixing things or seeing what's wrong usually comes across in fear of lost people. So those are two that are kind of out of the, out of the ordinary for the shapes for fixing. Yeah, and I was thinking even though these shapes have this unbalanced behavior of trying to fix other people, the other shapes that we did not mention also have a challenge around this. They actually get overly focused on fixing themselves. And what I mean is, if you're overly focused on that, you might see every problem as your fault. Mm. And you might blame yourself too fast. And you don't look outside yourself and see, hey, these other people, they might have been out of balance too. So hearts and circles and ovals and arrows, I think all have a tendency to blame themselves first. And that's about wow. too. So a lot of internalizing there. This is about me that I'm not good enough shows up for those shapes and they start to feel broken. And that's really hard hard on you. It's hard on your psyche. It's hard to get motivated and start working towards rocking your shape and fulfilling your purpose if you're always blaming yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so how are we going to help these people okay. that are trying to fix us? 
first of all, I, I just want to kind of look at the fact that your intentions are good most of the time when you're trying to fix people. On occasion, one of you could be out of balance and talk down though to the others. And that's mm -hmm. where your helpful advice on fixing things can come across as an absolute insult. I never mean it that way. I know, but you can see how just the very thought that you know better than them could definitely come across that way. I do know better than them. <laughs> I have the answer. <laughs> right? I mean, that's the, that's the part is that that's maybe my, for the octagon, maybe that's the ego that comes out as like, and honestly, I can think of situations where it's frustrating when they don't listen to me. Hello, I have the answer for you. Yeah, it's so frustrating it's, for the rest of us that you're right most of the time too. <laughs> but it's double-sided, isn't it? So I have to be aware of giving the unsolicited advice and they have to be aware of whatever their issues are on their side as well. Yeah, so let's talk about both sides. I wanna okay. talk about you guys um, in a minute, but first I wanna talk about when other people are trying to fix you with their unsolicited advice, what do we do? What do we do with that? And I do, I have a friend who almost every time I see her, she mentions something that I should be doing different. <laughs> She'll come into my house and say, you really should paint this room a different color. It would look so much better like this. Okay. So my first thing is I've got to recognize that her intentions are good. She really cannot see the insulting part of it and, and her intentions are right. So that's important. But I also want you to just look at this. Sometimes when people are trying to fix you, they're also projecting their own fears about themselves not being good enough onto you. Hmm. So there's this universal law called you spot it, you got it. And what it basically means is that you see the world as you are. And I can give you one example. I am really irritated by other people if they start texting while they're driving and I'm a passenger in the car. That right. bugs okay. me. But I do tend to text while I'm driving <laughs> more than I should. And the whole time I'm doing it, I'm thinking I should not do this. But it does make me more judgmental when I see other people doing it. So we've got to kind of watch that but we've also got to take it into account when somebody is, is trying to fix us that that might be their own issues with themselves being projected onto us. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, it's starting to make a little sense here. So let's have another example of you spot it, you got it. I've, I had a client who was always suspicious that this, her, her spouse was cheating. And she's always blaming her spouse for looking at other women. And, you know, I'm just sure you're going to cheat on me. Well, the reason she's so afraid of that is because she does it. She looks at other men and she thinks about cheating. And because that's inside of her, she has a tendency to see the fault as other people have it. Oh, I see. Okay, this is a little bit of a tricky one. Sometimes we have some tricky things that we have to work through here. So if you spot it, you got it. It's something that you're probably stressing or worrying about internally that you're projecting onto someone else. And often you don't realize that it's your problem. Mm. That's, the pro that's the issue. Projecting usually is a subconscious thing. But this, this is why I want you, my listeners who tend to get given advice and other people try to fix you 
you've got to recognize that a lot of the time they're looking for these problems is more about their need to fix themselves and subconsciously they know that they need to change things so they project that onto you and so we just kind of have to take their advice with a little grain of salt that often it's not really about me that they are recommending these things it's really more about them i really like this i'm tired i'm thinking of a time when um, i've been able to see a lot of people that are really stressed out it, it seems like a fear issue um, as often it comes down to that, right? There, it's a little bit of, they're a little bit afraid that everybody else is going to be doing this because it is something that's on their mind that they're fearful of too, like the, the cheating example. So yeah, or if they're afraid of failing, they're going to, for one, be grouchy, right? But they're going to be all over other people. Don't you fail and let me down. Mm. And, and they're picking on you that you're not doing good enough is really their fear about themselves. Yes. I love that. Let's think about okay. that in the workplace for just a second. Can you imagine the boss that's really fearful of having his project fail? And what does he do? He picks on everybody around him to make sure they're all getting their job done so that he doesn't look bad if the whole project fails. Yes. Yeah, so he's projecting his fear onto them. Yes, absolutely. So how do we kind of make them aware of this? I don't know that they would handle it that well if we went No, we, we and... actually don't want to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I so highly we... recommend that you don't point this out, especially in those shapes, because they will not believe you and they will just get defensive until you're wrong. So what I want you to do is just recognize when I'm getting all this negative that it might not really be about me. So just kind of let it bounce off. A lot of it you gotta let bounce off. Now, another thing that you can say is, I understand why you might think that. Mm. Understand why you might think that. I am not accepting that advice. I'm not rejecting that advice. I'm just acknowledging that you have the right to see it the way you see it. Absolutely. Now, on occasion, you may need to defend yourself a little bit. You may need to actually tell them that, you know, that's not okay. So I recommend that you ask a permission question first. Something like, would it be okay with you if I share kind of my feelings about that advice? Are you, are you open to some feedback about that? And then mm -hmm. if they say, sure, yeah, I'm okay with that, then go ahead and share your opinion. But don't bother sharing your opinion with someone unless you first ask them to honor, honor it if they're willing to hear it and, and acknowledge your right to feel the way you feel about it. Because you're really creating a safer space for yourself to speak your truth. Does that make sense? Yes. I feel like I need to really work this sentence into my vocabulary. I think I definitely could see some benefits to asking for permission before. And it's almost like you turned it back to you so that it takes the pressure and the fear out of what they're feeling when you say is it okay if i speak my truth about this because when you put your demands requests requirements on me like that i feel like you don't trust me i feel like you you know whatever it is that you can give back to them it takes it takes the bite out of it a little bit doesn't doesn't it, it when does. you ask permission yeah so my friend that was telling me i should paint the room a different color there's been so much of that unsolicited advice that I finally got to a point when I, I, I felt to take care of myself, I needed to point out that this isn't working for me. Mm. 
So when she gave me some advice about my house, I said, listen, would I appreciate that you always give me suggestions and want to help me to make things better in my life. Would you also be open to letting me share some things that have been bothering me and know that they come from absolute love for you and I an appreciation for our friendship. Are you in a place that I could give you some feedback too? How did she respond? And she was a little cautious about it, but she recognized that she gives a lot of feedback. So it would really not be fair to be closed off to receiving some. Right? Oh, that's really, that's really great. Do you remember what shape she was? She was actually an octagon. She was an octagon. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. That hits home a little bit. I'm, I really am learning a lot today. Okay. So if they say, yeah, sh sure. I'm, I'm open to that. We don't want to attack them, right? Mm -hmm. We never want to attack anybody oh. else. They have the same value as us. We're still going to be very loving. And we're going to explain that we actually really do appreciate their desire to help us because we know that that's love their desire to help us. But the fact is that a lot of unsolicited advice does feel like an insult. And I just wondered, because I'm a fear of failure dominant shape person, you know, when I get that unsolicited advice, it, it kind of hurts. It, it feels like an insult. Would you be willing to do this for me? And maybe ask permission before you give me any. Ask me, hey, would you be open to some advice on decorating this room? Or do you just want me to love you where you are? And give me a chance to say, yeah, I just, I'm not in a place that I can deal with feedback on my decorating today. And if I give that answer, would you be willing to just respect and honor that and just let me be where I am? Would you be willing to do that for me moving forward? Yeah. Would that and have offended you, you if I'd said it that way? Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. But on the other side, if I would have said, yes, that's, that's great. I'm open to that today. Please do. I, I, you know, I've been wanting some feedback about my decorating and I really have been trying to decide what color to paint these walls. Yes, please help me. That doesn't open it up for me to be a punching bag for you and being like, you know what? The last time you picked a color, it was horrible. You know, right. It doesn't open it up to say whatever you want. So you to allow them to come to, to give permission, giving permission for that feedback is a vulnerable place. So if someone does give you permission, then how do you proceed if someone does give you permission? Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you two rules for this that will make it a little bit easier. Okay. So the first rule is use I statements, not you statements. Mm. So say when people give me unsolicited advice, I get triggered. It triggers my fear of failure. And I feel this way. I'm not saying when you say that you hurt me, I'm saying I kind of allow myself to get hurt and bothered by that. Mm -hmm. They cannot argue with you using I statements because you have the right to be where you are, see things the way you see it. They can't argue with that, but use, use will start a fight because they're an attack. So that's one trick. Okay. Okay. The second is focus totally on their future behavior. Don't focus on the past. Okay. When you say, you know, last time you came over, you did this. And last week you told me my clothes didn't match. And, and, and you're going to go on and on about all the stuff in the past they did wrong. They're just going to get defensive and upset. They cannot fix the past. So that's just frustrating. You're all mad at my past and there's nothing I can do. So instead, 
say, hey, next time you notice something that you think is awry or could be better, would you be willing to handle it this way for me next time in the future? So can we do this with our spouses? Does this work in a marriage? So I'm thinking of my own marriage and some of the things that I hear from my friends. If you need more affection, let's say you're a circle and you're looking for more affection, more more attention, more love from your husband, and you want to broach the subject with them and you want to talk about it, is this another way we can do this? Because, I mean, you are basically coming to them looking to fix them because you think that their behavior as it is isn't right. It's not right for you. You're wanting more from them. So that seems like a fix. Am it I on totally the right? It totally so, okay. so you moved into the my advice for the fixers, like like all the shapes that like to fix other people. Okay. Okay. So if your husband's doing something that's bothering you and you need that fixed, yes, you are going to do this the same way. You're going to go to him first. You're going to make sure you're not talking down, that you're seeing okay. him as the same as you. He's not broken and you're not the right one and he's the wrong one. Right. You're the same. And you need to check yourself before you say a word that you're speaking to equal. You're not speaking down. Okay. Okay. Then I would still ask them a bunch of questions about how they feel about this, that issue. So whatever it is that they're doing that's bothering you, ask them, you know, why they, why they feel it's good to do it the way they're doing it. And, and this isn't about judging or interrogating. This is, I really want to understand you. I just want to understand how you feel and what you think about this. Okay. But if the questions start sounding like an interrogation or you're digging for dirt, then it's not accomplishing what we want. We want the other person to feel like we care enough. We want to understand where they are. Okay. Then you're going to ask permission. Would it be okay? Are you in a place that I could give you some feedback or ask for a favor? And that's a different way of asking it, right? So you turn the, you turn it around from, I'm asking permission, which means I'm going to give you feedback and then saying for a favor. Now you're turning it back to say, this is an I thing. Like you said before, turning it back to an I statement. So I need a favor from you. Yes. And if they say, okay, sure. Which you know what they will, if you have shown up for them first, you'll earn it. But if you haven't listened and you don't care about where they are and you don't want to hear their thoughts, you haven't earned it. So that's why we want to do some, some asking questions and listening first. And then we want to say, um, I have this concern. I see this this way and I've felt this way about it. And this is kind of my concern. And I just wondered moving forward, honey, if you'd be willing to make some changes and to do that this other way. Okay. But that's a lot more respectful way to do it. Right. Always now, asking if, permission. Yes. That's very important. And if you're listening to this and you're going, wait a minute, she's giving all this, like these steps and they're going by too fast. Nope. Don't worry. There's a worksheet on this, on the 12 shapes website, go to 12 shapes.com and go to the worksheets page. And there's a worksheet on how to have a mutually validating conversation. So just by that title, Sarah, if it's mutually validating, what does that say to you? Um, it means that both people are going to be able to get their sides heard, listened to. It's going to be a calm and supportive discussion rather than an argument. 
Yeah. And, and really, if both are willing to listen as much as they want to talk and really understand their partner and where they are and what, how they think, um, th that's what's going to make both of you feel validated that the other is willing to hear you out. So it's a magic formula. You, I think they should be teaching it from kindergarten to grad school every year. You should be tested on how to have a mutually validating conversation because it might be the most important skill for your relationships you'll ever have. So go to the website and find that mutually validating conversation worksheet. So this hits home, of course, for me, I think a lot because I'm a fear of loss dominant shape and because my husband is also a fear of loss dominant shape. I'd say a few years ago before the 12 shapes program, we couldn't have mutually validating conversations. It always came down to it felt confrontational, it felt dishonoring, it felt uncomfortable. So then what that leaves you with is you both doing things in opposite directions, you start to grow apart a little bit, you start to be resentful of each other just because you don't have this one skill. If you had this one skill, you could open up the conversations and talk gently and validate each other. It seems like it could be a game changer. I know it was for us. Yeah, it is for everybody, for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, Sarah, there's one other part of this, not fixing other people that we have to talk about because okay. we all, every shape does this. All of us tend to think the way we are in the world is the right way, the normal way, and people who don't do it the way we do are doing it the wrong way. And it doesn't matter what it is, we kind of feel like, why can't you just be like me. This is easy for me to do this. What's wrong with you? And one of the core elements of the 12 Shapes program is that we have to allow people to be who they are and the shape they are and not expect them to be like us. But we all have a tendency to. I have a tendency with, with my coaches, why can't you guys just get this much done in a day? I mean, I, I can work this hard and get this much done. Well, they're not all arrows. And so I, I can't keep trying to turn them into arrows. It's not who they are. Now, I can help them get past the fears that are in their way, but I have to honor the fact that they are this other shape and their balanced state is still going to be different than mine. Yes, I love that. You're, you're right. That is one of the things that I love about the 12 Shape Program too. And it was an aha moment for me when I understood that not everybody is uh, a people person like I am, that they value other things more prominently than, than people. So tasks, things, or ideas. And that just breaks it down into something that's super simple and easy to understand. That is something I do love about this program. Yeah. It, you know, it's going to really help you as a parent too, everybody who's out there, because whatever our first child was like, we're kind of on the next one, like, why aren't you like your brother? Why? And we notice really early on how different those kids come wired. We didn't teach these differences. They just came that way. And we have to be really careful that we let them be the shape they are. Because if we are constantly saying, can't you be like your brother? You know, he gets up at the crack of dawn and is right on task. And well, yeah, he's a diamond and, and this child's a heart. And they're not going to function in the world the same way. But if we expect them to, we're going to really hurt them. We're going to make that fear of not being good enough huge. So it's really important to figure out what shape each of your kids are. 
It have really you, is. Have you got all yours figured out now? Yes, I do. I have almost everybody in my family figured out now. So I only have one little guy and he's, he's a circle and his dad is a rhombus and his mom is an octagon. So it's definitely, it's changed our, our relationships and how we relate to each other, understanding that not everybody functions the same way a rhombus will function. Whereas that man's like a machine. He gets out of bed and he goes to work every day, tired, sick, whatever. Whereas the circle is just like, there needs to be something exciting that's going on today to get me to get out of bed. So it's terribly insightful to understand all your shapes and what drives you. Because if you're going to try to make them, you can try to make them function differently, but really their values and their fears are what drives their behavior. And that's the basis of this program. So if you've if you need to log on and figure out your own shape or you want to have your spouse or someone from work take the quiz, just go to 12shapes.com, log in, create an account, take the quiz. And after you take the quiz, you get a little video that will tell you about your shape. And once you're in the 12 Shapes app, tons of free content there, you can learn all about other shape. It's really amazing. It is. It's really a game changer for your family. So guys... We just got to let people be who they are and stop trying to fix them. Love them where they are, accept them where they are. And we can encourage them to see themselves as safe so that they're at least a balanced shape that they are, but just don't expect them to be wired a different way or the way you are. Yes, I love it. And we're all here, every shape, size, color. We, we need all of us, right? And that's great. We're so grateful that everybody's here to share their experiences with us. Yeah, there's a place for everybody. We need all of these different shapes to make the world work. That's awesome. Well, thanks for listening, everyone, today. So join us again next week for some more of Explain People.